0: This Jim McMahon edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. The UFC is back, international soccer is back, golf is back, and the NBA return is coming. Use the promo code SGP for up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by our SGPN college football tournament. We're simulating a real college football playoff that you can bet on. Every Saturday and Sunday night in June, just go to sportsgamblingpodcastcom dot com slash cft for all the details. At sportsgamblingpodcastcom dot com slash cft. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at Aceperhead.com slash sgp. That's Aceperhead.com slash sgp. We're also brought to you by bespoke post each month. You'll get a box of awesome filled with $70 worth of gear for only 45 bucks. Skip any month you want and cancel any time. Get 20% off your first monthly box. When you sign up at box and enter the code SGP at checkout. That's box of code SGP for 20% off your first box. Finally, we're brought to you by cushy dreams. Cushy dreams is a new CBD company with a full line of premium smokable CBD. Now shipping legally to all 50 States. And if you use the promo code SGP, you get 15% off. That's K Ushydreams.com promo code S G P you're listening to the sports gambling podcast exclusively on SGPN. Let it ride. Everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking that money green with my partner in pigs, Ryan. Real money Kramer. What's happening, Kramer? Just working hard, you know. Working hard. We're While cr- most of the world
1: is hardly working right now.
0: Exactly. Everyone's still on shutdown, although uh Los Angeles is open, the country is open. <laughs> Joining us in studio, Colby Dan, aka the dan to base. What's happening, Colby? Dude, I was going to bring
2: the headband and I was going to write Kramer and green on the, on the headband, you know, but I, 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 and I've I, I got the super bowl shuffled down. I've been rehearsing. Are you time you know? traveling?
0: Yes. Colby <laughs> of course is alluding to our guest today. Jim McMahon, the legendary Jimmy Mack, Uh great interview. how and did
1: we screw that up and not all wear headbands?
0: Yeah, I that would have been awesome. I know that's next yeah. level.
2: Yeah. Next he'll be back and a we'll rare, just, he'll be back. It's He's, a rare three hat day. Though. I, <laughs>
0: We got the try hat look going on. Of course, check us out. Let's cross we're, streams. Guys. We're back doing uh in studio video. Check us out. YouTube.com slash sports gambling podcast. And we got an amazing, uh not only are we cranking out all this content, just put out the Don BB podcast. That was awesome. Don BB, of course, legend, super bowl champ receiver. And uh that was great. And we G Kramer and I just did our uh, NFL. Season long prop bet podcast. So many locks in there. So many locks. Back to back episodes with Super Bowl champs. It's really awesome. And if that wasn't enough, we just announced and we're just finishing up the first weekend of our college football tournament, the SGPN college football tournament. Every Saturday and Sunday night, we're doing simulated college football games that you can bet on. Go to slash CFT for all the info, how to bet, where to bet, roster info, that kind of data. Saturday and Sunday we're doing the college games. Thursday and Friday we're doing the Madden games. It's Jumbo June. Tons of simulated content and maybe we'll find the the non-simulated content just as strong. UFC happening, NASCAR happening, KBO. All the content over at podcast.com for all the picks you want to make over at a G. It's uh, it's really just awesome, man. It's it's been a great, great stretch run here where everyone's uh, whining and moaning about sports being over and done. We're finding a way. DJ Nation, stand up. Head over to mybookie.ag, check out that online casino. Use a promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. Hashtag <laughs> look who's back. Bespoke spoke baby. I got my, uh, I got my sweet duffel bag from Bespoke spoke post. Can't wait to take it to Vegas. It's high quality. Bespoke spoke post is awesome. It's one of these, uh, you know, monthly box of the month services. The cool thing is it, it's stuff that uh, I think hashtag Dedges only will really enjoy barware cooking tools, outdoor gear. They got a hatchet. Uh, you know they got a bunch of like cool whiskeys, decanters, all different kinds of cool stuff that I know you guys will like. Each box only costs 45 bucks, but it's got 70 dollars worth of gear. It's pretty simple. Each month you get an email like, "Hey, this is the box that's coming." You can either pick a different box or say, "Hey, I'm not feeling the box this month." All you got to do is go to boxofawesome.com, take a little quiz, they'll uh, recommend some boxes to you. I actually just got my dad a mini portable keg. From uh, from these guys for Father's Day. I know he's gonna love it. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. Enter the code SGP at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code SGP for 20% off your first box. And uh, just one more shout-out before we get to the Jim McMahon interview. And uh, this is perfect uh, for Jimmy Mack. He uh, talks in the interview about how uh cannabis and CBD have helped him in his recovery. CBD is a part of your routine. Check out cushy dreams. That's right. Shipping legally in all 50 States. I got to do go to CushyDreams.com, promo code S G P get 15% off CushyDreams.com, promo code S G P smokeable CBD. I like the uh, creative pre-rolls very sharp, very tight pre-roll uh, cushy CBD has you covered there. Kramer, what are your thoughts? I know you're living that CBD lifestyle.
1: Yeah, it's all about that rage. I'm kidding. Peace and love, bro. <laughs> peace and love. There is no
0: rage strain of no. CBD peace, creative, a uh, lot of different fun ones there. And it's looks like weed feels like weed, but it's the, it's the CBD experience. Smoke your CBD because you can just go to cushydreams.com. promo code S G P. Joining us on the line, Super Bowl champ quarterback Jim McMahon. Jim, how's this Friday treating you?
3: Oh, it's actually going very well right now. Got a little overcast sky here in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Brought the heat down a little bit. It's only about 100 right now, so it feels pretty good.
1: (laughs) We have we have equal weather out here in sunny California, getting rained on a little bit. But I, you know, as you state, it is nice to get wet a little bit once in a while.
0: Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Exactly what's a, what's a summer day like for Jim McMahon? you you out there hitting the links?
3: Actually, I've played uh, I think two rounds of golf the last three months, you know with all this, you know, BS Coke stuff going on, and uh, you know I've just been around my house working around my yard and trying to get things set up so I can uh, if I eventually sell this thing here shortly, uh, you know I'll get a little more money out of it.
0: There you go. Flip, flipping houses with Jim McMahon—that could be its own uh, reality show. Are you? Are I'm you,
3: not flipping. I'm, I'm not real handy with the le- electrical and stuff. I'm more of a good guy. You know,
0: manual labor, digging ditches and cutting <laughs> down trees. So. I like it. You're a blue collar, uh, blue collar guy. And
1: my dad told me, "Don't mess with electricity. It will get you burned."
3: <laughs> exactly. I tried yeah, I tried it once. I ended up across the room,
0: so no, <laughs> I, I won't do that again. Now uh you, you know, it sounds like you're like us. You were you were trapped inside. Were you watching some of that uh the Michael Jordan documentary? I mean, that's gotta be interesting for you because uh you were you you were kind of a king of the Chicago as well, you know, in the football area, similar time as Jordan. What was it like kind of uh reliving those times in the documentary? Uh, I actually
3: saw I think uh three of the uh three out of the 10. And like you say, I, I was actually living there at the time. I was going, you know, I was right in the middle of all that uh, MJ and I, we, you know, we played a lot of golf together and uh, he was over at my house playing pool and, uh, you know, so I've known him for a long, long time. And uh, it was great to see that, you know, relive some of those memories. I mean, the guy is unbelievable.
0: I heard there was a, I, I saw this in an interview or something that Jordan tried to uh, try to bet you a million dollars on a round of golf. Is that true? Only on the back nine. <laughs> <laughs> what did he try to do on the front nine?
3: Well, he was losing on the front nine. <laughs> That's what I wanted to million on the back. And uh, I would have loved to have do- done it because I was actually playing pretty well back then. But uh, I told him, I said, "Dude, I don't even have a million dollars for one." I said, "I played for the Bears." <laughs> and, uh, you know, I said for some odd reason you'd somehow get lucky, you know, or get hot on the back and and I'd I'd lose that back. I said, My kids won't go to college. So no. <laughs> I want to keep up in the hundred dollar Nassau bet I think we had going. I said that's a that's a big enough bet for me.
0: Did you end up did you end up winning that back nine then? Uh, I don't know what
3: happened on the back nine, but I ended up winning for the day, so that was good.
0: Yeah, I know as a gambler that would have killed me if uh, if, if you end up winning, you're like, Oh my God, I could have had Jordan's million dollars. But uh, it, I mean, that's awesome that you still came out up ahead. Uh, speaking of, uh, you know, your time with the bears, there's a great photo of you. I think it probably was like the first day of training camp. You're checking into training camp. You're also bringing, it looks like a, co- a couple coolers, of bud light. Did you, uh, did you go pretty hard in your, your uh, Chicago days?
3: Well, training camp, you needed something to replenish the fluid. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You're out there in that heat twice a day, man. You lose a lot of bodily fluids, and and you know I I noticed early on that most of the guys that were getting cramps at dinner and and on the field. Guys that were
2: getting dehydrated
3: stuff up with all the you know whatever they did. And the guys that drink It didn't seem to cramp up much. So I, I made sure I always had plenty of beers.
0: I like that. You got to stay hydrated with some Bud Light. That's a good teammate. I don't know. Yeah, it might have been Bud
3: Light. Whoever was giving out beer, that's what
0: I had. Uh, <laughs> you're like you're like us. If it's free, it's for me. Who was uh? Who is, yeah. Who who is? I mean, you ha- you play with some legendary characters there. Who was the biggest drinker of like that eighty five bear squad? Like I could I could just imagine the fridge. Uh, if you're hanging out with him at night, he could put down like a thirty pack himself. Who was is, who is like the big drinker oh, of the group? About fifteen
3: minutes, probably, but. Uh. Fred uh, yeah, Fred could put him away. Uh, we had a lot of guys that that liked to put him away. McMichael was uh, he he liked hard liquor more. Uh, I remember Mikey Hartenstein, one of our defensive ends, loved his beer. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of guys.
0: Hey man, you know you get you gotta you gotta have a little fun there at night. And I know I know you went to college at BYU, and and I look back at my college experience at Penn State, a lot of partying, hanging out. And and BYU very strict with the off field, uh, rules in regards to any sort of you know drinking or any kind of uh, extracurricular activity. What was it like going to BYU and and still being a stud athlete?
3: Uh, Friday nights and Saturdays were awesome. We got (laughs) to play. Uh, The rest of the week was was tough. I mean, I I I grew up in Northern California, up in San Jose, and so I I grew up with the brothers and the Mexicans, and. I'd never even heard of a Mormon until I moved to Utah, which, which happened to be my junior year in high school. Well, that that's really, that sucks too, having to move in the middle of your high school. But um, what really frustrated me was my older brother got to stay and finish his senior year in California. And since I had two years left in a, in a police record, I had to get out of the state, I guess. So I moved to Utah and <laughs> uh, played my last ball there and then ended up at BYU, which is, you know, it's it was not what, what most people had uh, colleges college life was like, I mean, it was no, nowhere near what other colleges were. Unless it was maybe oral Roberts or something like that. But
2: do you think that perhaps that was like a blessing in disguise because Lavelle Edwards was the coach of BYU. So when you got there, you know, like it, we, we just recently had June Jones and, uh, and, and Mike Leach and how mummy on it, they, they all come from that tree in a way. They all studied. Lavelle Edwards. Do you think that really helped you as a quarterback going to play for Lavelle Edwards?
3: Well, there's no doubt about playing in that offense was that prepared me to play in the NFL. I mean, it was the best offense I'd ever played in. And, and still after playing on seven different proteins, it was the best offense I played for. Uh, it was a very simple offense. People talk about it being a complicated deal. And it was not complicated at all. I mean, everybody was on the same page, you know, the linemen knew what the what the backs and the receivers did, the receivers and backs knew what blocking assignments the linemen had. I mean, these are the kind of quizzes they would give you during the week so that we'd appreciate what everybody else did. Uh, It's not all about the guys scoring the touchdowns. It's the guys up front that, you know, without those guys doing their job, nobody gets anything done. So it was, uh, it was great that everybody was on the same page. And it was, it was a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, throwing the ball, you know, we threw it then in you know the late seventies, like they're doing it now in the pros. I mean, I wish I could have done that when I got to Chicago, but I got there and we were a running football team. It yeah. Was, you know, it wasn't bad handing off to Walter Payton, but I would have liked to throw the ball a hell of a lot
0: more.
2: Yeah. I was just about to ask you that, you know, you were, you were, you were with buddy Ryan and Mike Dick, a very conservative offenses. And you know, we, like I said, we just had June Jones on and stuff. And I, I, I sat there and watched your highlights, uh, Watched that SMU game. You know, studying up for this, and I'm sitting there like, "Gosh, you could throw the ball all around." I could only imagine what would have happened if you would have went to Houston or the K Gun in Buffalo or something like that. Do you or or anything going currently now? So, do you actually like wish you would have played in today's era as opposed to then? Uh,
3: no. Why no. is that? Today there is. Well, it's you can't even get near the quarterback anymore. For want. <laughs> it's not. Might as well be a seven-on-seven seven session the way it's going right now. You know where do you hit anybody anymore? It's ridiculous. But uh, and then plus you know with all this social media, yeah, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have done too well.
0: Social media maybe not been kind to of the you know '80s and '90s uh, Jim McMahon. Now, uh, you you cut, you did play with two of some of the the best all-time defenses, the '91 Eagles and the. Uh, And the '85 Bears. I'm an Eagles fan, and to me, that '91 Eagles season—that's like a great what if because Randall goes down that first game. You come in, you play really well, uh, you you lead the team to an eight and three record. But then you're also injured. Uh, I mean, the team goes ten and six because they, you know, they couldn't. They I think they lost three or four games when you weren't uh, when you were injured. This was a great uh, quote, though. Uh, You had a. You basically had a bruised heart in the 91 season. You broke 5 ribs and had a bruised heart still played. I think that kind of speaks to your character and and you're talking about how the games change. I can't imagine any player playing right now with a bruised heart, but walk us through that 91 season.
3: Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Like you said, they that was the closest defense that I'd ever seen through 85 and and some some aspects I think they were even better than our 85 team. Uh, before I even get onto that, our 86 defense was actually better than the 85 defense statistically without buddy Ryan. And so that should tell you what, what kind of players that we had at, at, in the 86 season, which we were 14 and two that people tend to forget. But anyway, but 91 was, yeah, Randall goes down in the first game and happened to be up in green Bay, where I love to play because we played against him twice a year for seven years when I was with the, with the bears. We ended up winning that game and going on. And you know, we, I got injured again. Uh, I blew my knee out and then my elbow was, I had a torn torn tendon and a broken bone in my right elbow that they kept telling me was tendonitis. So I was fighting through that all year. Um, but our defense was, was unbelievable. Uh, Jerome Brown, Reggie white, Seth Joyner. I mean, Eric Allen, i mean, go on and on and on. These guys were, were great players. Uh, if we could have helped them at all. I mean, if we win one of those games, when I was hurt, yeah, we could just win one. We're in the playoffs because we, I think we made the uh, halfway point. I believe we were three and five. And I told Richie coach at the time, I said, we have to win all eight games, but we're not going. And he yeah. said, no, we went, we win 10 games. We'll go to the playoffs. And I said, you know, at the time, uh, I think Washington and the Giants were ahead of us in the you know in our division. I said they don't take three people from the same division. You got to win all these eight, and it ended up we were ten and six, and we didn't win or didn't even go to the playoffs. So but yeah, they were they were a really fun defense to watch, great guys, and uh, wish we could have helped them out a little bit more,
0: yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate because you're right. if you just get to eleven and five and you get in the playoffs with that defense, and with you healthy at the helm, I, I think that ninety one team would have had a had a real chance to to make a run at it. I always remember, though, uh, I, I think ninety one you rocked that black visor with the Eagles. Were you one of the first uh, players to wear that, you know the the face helmet uh, visor there? Uh,
3: I don't know if I was one of the first, but I just know that you know as soon as they came out, I was getting one because uh, you know I've had an eye problem since I was six years old. So anytime I can put on, some shades to cover up my iris and I want to do that and uh, yeah I, I enjoyed playing with that on uh, <clears throat> made things a lot easier they didn't know where the hell you were looking for one I don't think they knew where I was looking anyway because most of the time my right eye was closed
0: so. <laughs> what you played you played a lot of times with your eye closed and you just used your left eye well any any
3: t- type of light hurts my eye because I, I stuck a fork in it when I was six years old <clears throat> It went right in the middle of my eye back and nicked my iris. I mean, oh, nicked my retina. And uh, so they had to do a lot of repair work on just saving my eye at the time. And this was 1965. So the guy did a hell of a job back then just to even save it. And then um, over the years, I just, I got used to playing without really, I had no depth reception. Uh The right side of the field was pretty much a blur to me. And uh, I, I would usually get, when I got hit in the pocket, it was usually from from my right side, which should I should be able to see, but that was my blind side. I could see the guy over my left shoulder from my left tackle, but I got hit a lot from the right because I couldn't see from the right side. but people never figured that out I think they thought I was just bsing when I was wearing sunglasses.
0: so Jim, you were talking about uh, you know kind of feeling that pressure from your left shoulder. You took a lot of hits over the years and uh, you know had a lot of issues with your health after after the game was over. I know you've you've been a big advocate for using cannabis and CBD as part of your recovery.
3: Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, it's been a, a godsend for me and a lot of other people. I'm glad it's finally, you know, people are finally getting the truth about it. We've been lied to over a hundred years about this. Uh, our government's had a patent on it for over 75 years. They knew how good it was, but here in this country, they don't want you healthy. They want you taking their pills and, and, uh, you know, just being part of the herd, not, not mentioning anything, not, not speaking up, but I've been an advocate since 1973, when I enjoyed my first joint and uh, <laughs> I've been ever since, but I didn't know how good it was for my body until probably about 10, 12 years ago. Uh, I met a, a doctor out of Boston, Dr. Donna Ballin. She speaks all over the world about this. She's a Harvard trained doctor. And uh, she's taught me more about the plant and what it does to the body. And I said, Doc, all I know is it made me feel good, made me eat, made me sleep. And she said, that's what it's supposed to do. You know, we have receptors up and down our spine and in our brains for this plant. Uh, And, um, you know, we were supposed to be using this. But, you know, our government pushes their pills because Big Pharma pretty much runs this place.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of sad. Did you feel like when you went to the the trainer after a game and said, Oh, my shoulders sore, my back sore, would they just kind of push opiates on you? Did did you feel pressure to take a pain medication while you were playing?
3: Oh, I had to take pain medication to play. I mean, I was, there was times where like, you you know, we talked about earlier, I, I, you know, my ribs and my elbow, my knees. I mean, I had so many painkillers in before the game that I, you know, I didn't feel much during the game. But after, when it wore off, it was it was not not real pleasant. And that's the thing about those things, you know, they're very addictive. They they just keep you in a fog. You um, and I, I couldn't sleep very well. I didn't eat very well when I was on them. Uh, you can't even go to the bathroom. That's the bad part. No. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but cannabis has been, you know, this. I, I tell everybody, for those who believe, I said, this is God's gift to us. I mean, it's a way, that's why it, it, it's so pungent because back in the day, people had to find it to heal themselves. And uh, we're finally waking up here and, and around the world to, to realize how good this plan is for you
0: now, as far
3: and as the re- NFL is that they'll push all the opiates on you that, you know, that you can, that you want, but to go home and try to sleep, you can't even, you know, smoke a bowl. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm changing now too.
0: Yeah, it it is very weird the NFL stance now especially because in uh, what like half the states it's legalized <laughs> and still it's illegal in the NFL and and they're still just kind of staying staying true to the uh the opiate angle. What do you think the NFL can do to kind of put players in a better spot when it comes to CTE and being able to treat their body?
3: Well, they're always telling the players you're responsible for what you put in your body. Right? Some guys get suspended for something that they that was in a cough medicine or something like that, something ridiculous, but they don't test for the opioids that they pass out all the time but uh you know what they're doing i mean they're they you know they the awareness is a lot lot more uh out there, you know they got the little tent they get they bring guys. I don't even know what the hell they do in the tent
0: but <laughs> hang out throw a little party in there,
3: yeah, it's just i don't I don't even know what their protocol is, so but they are trying to protect people, but it, it's a violent game and people are going to get hurt. And, and it's just, I was just saying, Hey, you just take care of the people that have played the game, that have made the game what it was. The NFL was struggling back in the early eighties. And I think, you know, a lot of this a lot, you know, the bears <laughs> and was in the mid to late eighties really captured a lot of people around the country and, and, and kind of brought football back and uh, to where it is now, these guys, I went through two strikes and these guys are making you a know, hundred million dollars a year now. So it's, it's nuts that uh, they, they just don't take care of the guys that, that made the league. What it is. Yeah. You no. Know, once you're out the league, you're on your own, you, you got to get your own insurance or this and that. And um, I couldn't even get insurance for the first 10 years. I was out of the league because every part of my body was excluded. So if I, what I bought it, you know, I, I couldn't even pay for it. So I had to go 10 years without a surgery and uh as soon as that 10 year period uh, ended up I, I got my knee done and my shoulder done again Cause I I couldn't sleep at all. Now
1: in your estimation obviously obviously the NFL has had some egregious oversight when it comes to the way they take care of their their former players. But do you th- is that be I mean obviously the NFL's at fault but how much of this falls on the players union?
3: Well, I think a lot goes there too. Um you know, I remember talking to Roger Goodell and uh, Mr. Smith, I believe it is. Yep. Uh, quite a few years back, right after I'd first seen the doctors that I'm still seeing back in New York um, about my head and about my neck, and tell them about the concussion issues. And uh, I said, every player and every you know team should be listening to this guy. And as soon as I met and they said, well, where did he practice this and that? What is he? Is he a neurosurgeon? I said, no, he's a chiropractor. And then the conversation stopped. He said, oh no, no, we just paid Harvard a hundred million dollars to do this study. I said, yeah, study this guy's already done for 25 years. And he's, this guy speaks all over the world. And, uh, you know, they told me over the phone, the, these are the guys that found me. I didn't find them after that sports illustrated came out when I was on the cover. And, And, um, they said, come to New York. We think we know what's wrong with you. And, uh, sure enough, they sat me down, explained to me what, you know, they thought was wrong. And as soon as they put me in the MRI, their conclusions were correct. I had uh, stoppages in my neck and in my head that were not allowing my uh, spinal fluid to flow properly and was backing up. And when that stuff sits on your brain, they they believe that's what causes a lot of the CTE because it just eats away at the brain. And, um, So they 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 have this machine. It's called the IGAP machine. I think it's called uh, image guided atlas treatment. You know, your atlas bone is supposed to be sitting, I think, perpendicular to the spine. And when they found mine, it was almost almost
0: straight up and down.
3: So I had a lot of issues going. A lot of the issues that these killing themselves do.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's good to hear that. I mean, you're certainly sound like you're uh like you're on a uh, healthier track right now. And that's great to hear. I think what, Oh, I was always a big fan of was not only the way you played the game, but you you kind of brought a sense of humor. And I think a lot of other fans enjoyed that one incident in particular, you got, uh, I think you got fined like $5,000 for wearing an Adidas headband. Uh, the then commissioner Pete Rosell fined you five grand. And then the next week, instead of not wearing a headband, you wore a headband without a logo, but instead Roselle written on the headband. What was that like?
3: Well, it was, I was pointing out the ridiculousness of, of the fine for one. I had been wearing that headband for a while. Uh, I don't know how many years, but and I, all of a sudden it was a big deal because we we're in the playoffs. And I found out later or, that uh, the only reason I got fined was because Adidas wasn't paying the NFL at the time and they said that I was giving them free advertising. And I said, well, I've been wearing it, you know, for a year and a half, two years, nothing, not, not a word was said to me, but now it's a big deal. Cause we're in the playoffs. And so they did, they find me the five grand in the uh, division of playoff game, but so then right before kickoff in the, um, was the NFC championship game, uh, I was Sitting there, right in front of my locker, thinking, "What? What can I do? I mean, what can I write on there? I really wanted to write a few other things." But, <laughs> uh, I thought, "Hell, I'll just put his name on. See what he says." Yeah, how can and you get so, mad at that? So as I was coming out of the tunnel, I remember Madden was doing the game, and I, I just kind of lifted my helmet, and let him see it, look, started laughing, and uh, I didn't get fine. Uh, he actually called me the next week and thanked me for the free advertising. <laughs> So for the Super Bowl, you know, I got sent probably thousands of headbands from all all across the country, you know, with just people's names on, them. you know, Fred, Joe, um, <laughs> and I was and I had gotten somehow i had gotten a hold of the rule book. You know, we had two weeks before the Super Bowl, so I'm I'm just coming through this thing, trying to find out the section on why I got fined, and there was nothing in there. And so I thought, you know, I I think I got him now. So I decided I was going to wear all charities uh, during the Super Bowl. I figured if they if they find me for charities, they're, they're going to look like idiots. So, and and Adidas had offered me a good chunk of change to to wear the headband. And I said, look, I can't wear it on my head, but I have a good idea. I said you'll be able to see it proudly. You know, everybody will be able to see it. And uh, what happened was that. I had the regular Adidas one on in the pregame warm up, and the head referee was chasing me around the field. Hey, I can't let you on the field with that. I <laughs> said, so, Yeah, I know. And as it comes to the national anthem. You know, I'm standing there with Walter and me, the, then the head referee. As soon as the anthem was over, I go to put my helmet on, and the ref grabs me and says, I, I can't let you on the field. And I looked at him I said, Yeah, I know, but you can't do squat about this. And I pulled it down around my neck. And he just started laughing at me. He goes, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> so I grabbed, I grabbed the first uh, charity, which I believe was uh, juvenile diabetes. Uh, my attorney's son was a diabetic, so I, I threw that on there for him at the start of the game. And then uh, every series, I had different uh, charity. And then at the, I think the final one I had on was Pluto, and everybody thought, you know, I'd gone to, I'd gone outer space on them <laughs> at that point. Yeah, just throw, so throw a couple of it was actually the nickname of a, a good a friend of mine that I played college ball with, Danny Plater. Uh, he was a wide receiver at BYU. He was actually on the Bears uh, roster in 80, 84. And they found, a, they found a brain tumor in his head. And so he had just gone through his second operation probably three or four days before that Super Bowl. And that's why I, I put that on there for Pluto. To, that was his nickname. So, <laughs> so you know, that uh, I was thinking about him.
2: Now Jim, now, now you mentioned uh, Walter Payton there. Uh the the youth, I feel like, you know, they always say and I not taking anything away from Barry Sanders, but they always say, "Oh, Barry Sanders is the best back ever." Now, when I put on the highlight tape and I see Walter Payton play, I'm like, "This guy is incredible." What would you say to the youth about Walter Payton? Well, he's
3: he's the best that I saw. You know, I did, I did I've seen uh you know, tapes of Jim Brown who I thought He, he Jim Brown might've been the best ever, but from what I saw personally, uh, um, I, nobody, nobody worked as hard as Walter. Nobody, uh, didn't want to be tackled like Walter Payton. I mean, he did not want to go down. He, you know, I don't think you ever saw him run out of bounds. If he was getting close to the sidelines, he looked somebody up to hit and he said, they're going to have to tackle me to get me, you know, to get me on the ground. And, uh, I watched him make some of the most amazing 30 yard runs that only gained two yards, especially the first couple of years. That I was in Chicago because our offensive line was not good at all. And I, I, would handle the ball and just watch him do these, you know, bounce off person after person. And I thought I was going to get hurt getting in the way. Sometimes I, I didn't know where it was going. And it was, it was just incredible, but he, he never said a word in the huddle. You know, never said, give me the ball. It was, you know, constantly professional. Uh, Big jokester, great great teammate, and uh, he was just, you know, people just Google him and watch some of the runs he makes. It's just, uh, it's poetry in motion, actually.
1: Also, the greatest nickname ever. Sweetness, yeah, tough to beat that.
3: He used to sit in Alice Hall and answer the phones like he was a secretary. People <laughs> had no idea who it was. <laughs>
1: That's so funny.
3: Yeah, he would do a lot of things that you know. He was a big jokester. Loved his guns. Uh, the poster, him and I did uh, Chicago vice way back in the day. We're, we're in soldier field and and that's his car. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was his Lamborghini or, or Pantera, wh- wh- whatever it was. And, and then the guns that we had in the shoot were actually his. So Oh wow. He is, <laughs> enjoyed his shooting for sure.
0: Now you talk about jokesters. Of course uh, you, you played for Mike Dick, uh, uh, kind of a character. Was there any sort of a locker room behind the scenes, uh, story of Dicka that really stands out in your years playing for him. Oh boy. Well,
3: supposedly halftime of the Miami game at 85. The only game we lost that year, That supposedly him and buddy took some swings at each other in the, in the back room. I, I can't confirm that. I've just heard rumors. There was a lot of screaming and yelling, but the funniest one, I think it was 1983. we were playing the Colts and they were still in Baltimore at the time. And, uh, we came in after the game and Dick was started on a rant and he turned and he hit the locker. He punched the locker with his hand and, uh, he turned around, you know, he was screaming and and yelling at everybody and he turned around very quietly. And he looked at somebody and said, you say the prayer. And (laughs) then he walked away. He had a cast on his hand, so he, we knew he hit the thing
0: hard. But he, but he busted his hand on that. That reminds me of a I had a special teams coach in high school. It did the same thing. He, <laughs> he punched through a chalkboard and then quietly walked over to the trainer and had the whole hand wrap. And yeah, he had a cast on the next day. Uh, just got you know a little out of control. Special teams coaches I've always found were kind of the craziest. I actually had this on my list of questions, and y- and you 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 set it up perfectly. In their prime, who do you think would win a fight, Buddy Ryan or Mike Dicka?
3: Oh, well, I tell you, Mike Dick was a hell of a lot bigger than Buddy. But you know, Buddy Buddy was a, a war veteran from the Korean War. Uh, I believe he was a sergeant, drill sergeant, or something like that. So, Buddy, uh, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't put it past him, <laughs> even if there was no weapons. No weapons had, Buddy was fine one, I'll bet.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was scrappy man. He always uh, you know he kind of did with did whatever it took to get the job done, and of course, punched Kevin Gilbride uh, on the sideline there. didn't wasn't a clean shot, buddy he, he definitely uh, connected a little bit there with Gilbred.
3: Well, he was uh, he was a little upset as he as he should have been. <laughs> I mean those guys all they gotta do is run the ball every play for the next two quarters and they win that game. But that's what uh, Buddy was mad about, I guess.
0: Yeah. Class it just super fired up. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I saw this other, as far as like interesting anecdotes, your time down at the chargers, uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of tell this, but there was a story involving a center and uh, you, you kept saying like, Hey, we got to use the shotgun. We got to use the shotgun. They wouldn't, they kept wanting you to go under center. Something happened and you were eventually able to use the shotgun. Can you walk us through this one?
3: Well, we never did get to the shotgun, but <laughs> what happened, uh, Dan Henning, our head coach had just come from the Redskins in Washington and they, they didn't believe in the shotgun at the time. Joe Gibbs, was not a big fan of it. And uh, you know, I always loved it to get away that way. They, the lineman could not step on my feet if I was five yards back. And then, um, so I can't even remember who we were playing, but it was a rookie center, a hell of a player, um, uh, but he was, he was also on the kickoff return team. So they're kicking off to us. I think, yeah, I think, I don't know if there was a, there was a run back or it was fair caught or, or, uh, we get it out to 20. I can't remember, but as I'm coming into the huddle, the center grabbed me and he says, Hey, I'm sorry, but if your hand starts to smell, it's because I just crapped my pants. <laughs> and, and I just turned around, started walking to the sideline. I burned a timeout. It gave me to the start and Henning of course was upset you know yelling up and down at me and and I said look uh, this is exactly why we need the shotgun formation <laughs> before just an accident and I'm not sticking my hands in there for a while so until he cleans it out and so uh, he left the game didn't he didn't even go to the locker room i guess he just the trainers you know circled around pals and he did his business and he ended up coming back in the game but I tell you, my hand stunk for about two weeks
0: after that. One. Oh my god! I mean, this is why you have Jim McMahon on. You get some of these, some of these stories they don't uh, they don't normally have in the NFL film. This
1: wasn't in the Sports Illustrated article.
0: <laughs> Real quick, your your thought on the 2020 Bears? I know uh, they brought in Nick Foles. Any any sort of thought as as who the Bears should start when it comes to either Trubisky or Foles? W- what what would you do if you were coaching the Bears? Uh,
3: that's I'm. Mean. I'm not a coach. I and mean, I wouldn't. Those guys have a thankless job, man. I, I like what uh, Coach Nagy's doing up there. I think they got a hell of a team. They they're young. They got a lot of talent, and uh, I think Foles is really going to help them, whether he starts or not. You know, his experience. He's already won a Super Bowl, so he's been around. Yeah, he he's been in that offense. It was the same offense that he had in Philadelphia. Uh, Peterson came from Kansas city as did Nagy uh, under Andy Reid, my old center in college. I'm not center. He was my uh, tackle in college, but uh, I think they're, you know, whoever starts, they've got a, they've got a pretty good shot. I I thought last year they were, I think they were actually picked to go to the super bowl last year after the year before. And uh, they were everybody in Chicago. I know is disappointed with the year they had, but I think they'll be better with Foles, whether or not he starts. I don't know. And I, you know, I'd have to sit there and, and see him in a meeting, see him on the field in the practice field, see him in a in a game situation to see what you know how they actually react. And you know, some guys just don't do well when the game starts. They're they're great practice players and do everything right in the, in the meeting rooms, but when they blow the whistle, sometimes that that doesn't translate. So,
0: yeah, that's kind of where Foles shines though when he when he gets out there, and he he almost does better as a backup. Well, Jim appreciate, uh, appreciate you calling in. Appreciate the time. Make sure you uh, give Jim a follow on Twitter at Jim McMahon. Thanks a lot, Jim. And uh, have a great weekend.
3: Okay, guys. You too. Take care.
0: Can't wait to have uh, Jim McMahon back on love that. He answered the buddy Ryan versus uh, Mike Dicka. I, I think that's how I expected the answer to go. Dicka has the size and the reach but you don't underestimate buddy Ryan and his scrappiness Fought in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. You think guy who fought in the Korean war is going to be scared of Mike Ditka? No, thank you.
1: (laughs) It's a little like the Doug Marone, Jalen Ramsey conversation, right? Like (laughs) Jalen Ramsey, active NFL player, but Doug Marone, massive human being
0: giant dude. All right. Before we uh, wrap things up here, want to give a shout out to ACE per head. That's right. Think about uh, starting your own sports book, starting your own business. The economy's back, jobs are back, the stock market through the roof. Perfect time to start your own sports business. All you got to do is go to slash sgp get set up, get ready to go. NBA is going to be going live here, NFL right around the corner. You can even take NFL future bets. I uh, have a friend who uh, uses this Aceforhead locally, loves it. Said very easy to use. He's not a huge computer guy. Much like Colby uh, Dent, not a huge computer guy, but he could even use ACE dot com. It's just that easy, and use our link aesperhead. dot slash sgp. Get up to six weeks free. ACE dot com. Man, that was uh, it's tough. How would you power rank the stories in the uh, Jimmy Mac? Interview to me the 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 center who shit his pants has to be up there and I wanted to I wanted to drop in with a that is a disgusting <laughs> act but I knew it, when you're doing an interview on cell phone it's tough to crowbar in some sound effects
2: I just love how it's a guy that you know obviously he's he's suffered some injuries and and and, and we we went through that in the interview but he I think he still would prefer to play in the old school NFL no
0: CTE here Sean. <laughs> Well, I do. I do like his. Uh, you're right. I mean, the dude played with a bruised heart, and I think when you play with a bruised heart, you get your ass kicked. It's it's the same way. Like if you're in a fraternity, right? If you got hazed, and then you see these the next class come up, and they're not getting hazed, you're like, what the hell? I thought we were all yeah. supposed to get hazed. And he brought up a great point too, where he was talking uh, that he went through two different strikes so that these guys could get these huge contracts. Yeah. So he's fine with them getting paid, I think, but well, come I, up. yeah, but also get your ass kicked. So we yeah. can still watch a fun, exciting, physical game.
1: And I've never really heard this discussed <clears throat> and I don't want to dive into the, the, the union versus the, the NFL, but it, why, why has the players union never solved this problem by matching what the NFL has contribute? Like why have they? they're making hundreds of millions of dollars. Dudes like Jim McMahon are clearly affected. Although look, I love him. I love this man because he is a he, he's an advocate. He's a well, uh, and he
0: sounds like he's doing a lot better too. Because well, no might... shit, because he's not taking those opiates. <laughs> Sean,
1: look, we've uh, we we've seen people around us uh, struggle with with opiates before. <laughs> it's not cool. Now, me, You're I'm just laughing,
0: c- thinking of the person. C- right? Well, yeah,
1: there's a couple people, but I think we're, we're thinking of the same person. Uh, but there's also just that you know, I. I I don't know. Jim McMahon, productive member of society, loves weed, dude. He's like Ryan a, Kramer, productive member of society, loves cannabis, loves
0: that cushy. Coincidence? But no, be, no. I
2: don't. between him and Theismann, man, we got like two quarterbacks. See, I always say, like, dude, you know, nowadays quarterbacks pussies. Like Theismann, last to wear the face mask. Jim McMahon didn't slide. I missed that. He played football, with a he man. played
0: with a bruised heart. Yeah, like his rib cage was so broken it damaged his literal heart. That is a quarterback. That that was awesome. That is a quarterback. That's a leader of your team. And that 91 season, when I was a kid, that was just so heartbreaking because he's right. Like that defense. And I kind of led him with the uh, question there. I'm like, (laughs) that was greatest defense of all time. Right? Jim say it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it was. But I mean, even sometimes you just got to do that. The other, the third string guys behind McMahon were so horrible. If one of those guys could have pulled out one victory for that defense, that 91 defense. You didn't want to face that team in the playoffs Listen,
1: Sean, when you're the host of the podcast, you get to ask the personal questions. I mean, <laughs> do you think anyone else gave a shit? If bud Foster said yes, we would have beaten USC because Xavier <laughs> DB was shutting down. Reggie Bush other than me. No, of course not. But I,
2: I still wanted to hear that's, him say it. that's flexing the rank, right? <laughs> I thought, I thought you were going
0: to bring up you crowbar and in your, uh, your Madden yeah, second, second place <laughs> team
2: using Jim Morris. I wanted to give him
0: credit. He Jim was Morris my coach. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Although I mean candidly, you know, anyway, we're we're getting down the wrong path. Let's let's move on. Let's get back to uh, Mr. McMahon.
0: No, no, McMahon was awesome. And uh yeah, big thanks to Colby helping out with these guest bookings. Office manager Colby. Hey man, let's <laughs> k- let's keep it up, man. And of yeah. course, uh tune in. We're going hardcore in the Sims in June. Thursday, Friday, Madden Sims, Saturday, Sunday, College Football Sims. Got the college football tournament going. It's all happening. So much football content. Kramer and I are going to be breaking. uh, We're going to start getting our fantasy stuff going early. Jump with the fantasy stuff. Top 10 fantasy player podcasts.
1: Well, and a little, little like just tug behind the curtain. And I I would imagine we'll be starting up a, like a dedicated to season long fantasy channel over Mm. at slack.sportsgamingpodcast.com soon because back behind the scenes in the Dirk darty, the Dirk, the, the dark layers of the sgpn <laughs> offices we've established the commissioner's office and we will be creating some form of uh awesome keeper big boy league and I, I think we should reserve a couple spots for some some only Well, and, there.
0: and uh it's
1: going to be sgpn podcast personalities sgpn writers uh let's see what do we call them? May, D, dgen may, oh maybe D- Jimmy Mack.
0: I, I would expect
1: to see a Dick Olson oh, joining the crowd. I would expect to see a Boston Capper joining the crowd. So stay tuned for that. I, I, Sean, w- that's what management's going to approve, right? We got to we got to <laughs> give out a couple, yeah, a couple well, of fan we'll spots. we we'll give a couple one, spots. Do we do one or two fan spots? Hit
0: up at Gambling Podcast about why we should, why you should be let in the <laughs> behind the scenes employees, friends of the program only. Uh, Dynasty League and and Just so, so everyone's podcast. clear, Topher Squints. Yes. At Topher
1: Squints. He will be the commish. So, all complaints. Mm. AKA Chris
0: Giordani, our DFS stuff. This is a very K-
1: quarter baked idea, but it's coming. Can K- we go? <laughs> Sorry, Sean. This is the only way to gain momentum is just to throw it in the deep end, you know? <laughs> this is what I tell my kids. We didn't learn how to swim the right way. We were thrown in the deep end. Suck it up. Quick anecdote: I was, uh, I was not, you know, I was kind of messing with the with the kids. We were at, uh, we rented a place with a pool over the weekend or this past week, and uh, you know, one of the things that I might have been done to me when I was a kid was like we would just do things to make sure we were drown proof, right? Like get tugged underwater real quick, make sure. And uh, you know, doesn't work with little girls oh. crying and water you know, boredom. My huge asshole. I Jim cause... McMahon's
0: opinion on that man. He's probably agreeing with you, man.
1: Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Let's get to it. So
0: yeah, if you want to be involved in the uh, keeper dynasty league, big boy, I hear it might stakes.
1: be, a, there might be a super flex in there. It's, oh, wow. it's going to get crazy.
0: Are we Kramer? We, we should talk about this. Are we going to be on one team or two separate teams? there's two angles here. One, it's nice to beat you in fantasy and talk a bunch of shit. Well, it won't two, happen Two, it unless involves you're on... it involves me doing a lot more fantasy work, which I'm already I'm already bailing on a couple well, leagues. Here's
1: the thing. We'll we'll see what kind of uh demand there is. Perhaps we can consolidate uh for both of our best interests. Because I do have a new personal policy. For those out there wondering, hey, real money Kramer, I'm hearing that you're already doing some of these best ball leagues. Those I can do by myself because you don't need to manage them. But new rule for Kramer enterprises this year. No solo fantasy teams period. Wow. No wow. solo oh, fantasy I teams period, which means I might be partnering with my, uh, with one of the children that, that okay. could be the, the loophole. I, I, uh, I, I, I see what here. you're doing there, but yeah, I think we're going to be on the same team. Sean, let's not, All right. think
0: Let, it. and, and it frees up one more spot for the listeners. So we'll see though. We'll state see. your case as to why you should be in the hashtag Tedgen's only dynasty league. Tweet us at gambling podcast. Thank you for participating in the sports gambling podcast for the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green and he is Ryan jumbo June (laughs) Kramer. Let it ride.
3: So maybe I shouldn't be sharing this, but you have to check out Kohl's. The athleisure styles we've all been living in, they're on sale. I saved on a champion sweatshirt for my daughter, got an $11.99 Vans tee for my son, and picked up Adidas sneakers for my husband. Plus, I got 20% off and Kohl's cash. So I'm totally going back for those Sonoma jeans. You know, for when I actually want to wear jeans again. Select styles, 20% offer ends March 21st. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details.